0: And now, The Low Post. Welcome to The Low Post Podcast. Hope everyone had a good 4th of July. It's now the 5th of July. NBA free agency is mostly over, minus a Christian Wood and a Grant Williams and a PJ Washington over here and over there. But trade season is not over as the Damian Lillard, James Harden, nexus of disgruntled guard, whatever, continues to roil on. And we're very excited for the first time in a long time. A true pioneer in this business, and I mean that sincerely, the first guy ever to do cap analytics, X's and O's, humor, coffee analysis, all in one place from the former, I don't remember what your title was with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I'll just say director of game operations and assume you were uh, responsible for all of Grizz, the mascots, uh, hijinks, John Hollinger. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing well. I'm doing well, and you are going to be in uh, beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, for Victor Wembanyama's debut, correct? Yes,
1: yes, I will. Exciting times. This will be the third time I've seen him in Las Vegas, though. I saw him play twice there in October.
0: I wish I had been at those games. Those must have been. Were people just cackling and smiling during yeah, the games? Much. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah totally. Just, yeah, it was just looking at each other, like, what, what? <laughs> did what, what did I just see? Yeah. It was it was unbelievable, and I mean it wasn't like a big crowd or anything. And I'm, I'm going to say 98 percent of the seats were filled by NBA personnel of some kind. Um, you know, like there weren't there weren't like casuals coming into that. That this this it'll be different in Vegas. I'm sure Thomas and Mac will be completely packed to the gills. So it'll be a, sort of a different experience. Well, uh,
0: Portland, the Portland Trailblazers did not get. Victor Wembanyama, they moved up from, I think, fifth to third and got Scoot Henderson. And they, we've already talked about it ad nauseum. They did not trade the pick. And Damian Lillard, uh, about a day into free agency, finally pulled the trigger on the trade request. The Spurs are kind of a natural transition into it. Our Ramona Shelburne has reported um, that I think the words she used were that Damian Lillard has deep respect for the Spurs and that we should sort of have them and at least the back burner of the list with the list reading mostly Miami, 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 other things. And I've heard the same thing. I think Dame does have a deep respect for the stability and steadiness and what the Spurs stand for. And certainly now they have a transcendent talent there. But we are now in day five of Damian Lillard, official Damian Lillard trade watch. Not much noise has happened other than Portland making it known, oh, we're not in a rush. We don't love the Miami Heat's offer. We're not just gifting you to the Miami Heat. We don't necessarily think we owe you that. Uh, Part of the reason for that is that we also currently owe you $200 million. So, you know, we've taken some care of you. I do think they will try to direct Dame to a place he would be happy with. But let's start with Miami. Mr. Hollinger, if the Heat decided to throw everything in, and they may not ever decide to do that. They may say, we have the leverage of being his preferred choice by a mile. We don't have to throw everything in. But if they decided to throw everything in, which would mean waiting a few weeks as we'll get to, they could get to Tyler Hero, some salary filler you can pick. Three first-round picks if they were to amend the pick they owe the Oklahoma City Thunder. Not just two. think they could throw a swap in there somewhere. Yes. Nikola Jovich. And Jaime Haquez, if they waited a few weeks for him to be tradable. So let's review. Hero, talk about him. He's a very polarizing player. Salary, whatever. Th- th- this is again the whole kit and caboodle. I'm not saying they've offered this or they will offer it. So I'm just let- let's lay out exactly what it could be. Three first round picks. Let's say they're all unprotected.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A swap, Jovic Haquez. What do you think of that offer?
1: I think I think that's a good offer if you're Portland. I don't think that Miami needs even needs to go that far. i I, I think I think their offer with just three firsts and putting see the key is there's a timing aspect for Miami because they they need the Ola Depot trade to be part of this trade.
0: This is why I have you on because you're always going to be, you're always going to remind me of like this wrinkle already happened and you forgot about it. So yes, Yes. I forgot that Victor Oladipo now plays for the Oklahoma city thunder.
1: Yes. So if they can make it, make it Oladipo plus hero, or nobody's talked about this for some reason, Oladipo plus Lowry. Like, I don't know why Lowry's expiring. Isn't, isn't like being talked about as part of this, I guess Miami figures in a three-way deal. They can get something for hero and then send it to Portland. Um, They may not want Hero and Lillard both on the books for four years, too. But anyway, one of those two, plus Oladipo, plus Jovic, gets you there, right? And so I I think when you do that and then add add in three firsts, which they can do, you change the protection with Oklahoma City. The Thunder should not fight them on this, right? To change from top 14 protected in 25 and unprotected in 26, to just unprotected at 26 is a clear win for the Thunder. So they, they shouldn't have to be like, oh, you need to give us all this other stuff in order to do that. Uh, so then that opens the 24 pick, and they can do 24, 28, and 30 unprotected if they wished.
0: You use the word good to describe that offer. I have used the word palatable to describe Miami's best possible offers. I'm glad you said the word good. I don't necessarily think I would go to good. I, I'll i stick it palatable and be okay. comfortable with that. But I feel like I've been in not quite crazy town, but like something adjacent to crazy town where everyone is acting like the heat's offer is a pile of dog poop. And I'm like, well, look, Tyler Hero, it, he's, he's not amazing, but I think he's actually still a decent – To pre- I think he's a good NBA player. Like yeah. he's not – People have made the Jordan Poole comps endlessly, and, and now in the last week, it's been, well, look, I mean, the Warriors had to throw in a pick to dump Jordan Poole, but well, A, they got a good basketball player, old, but good, yeah. in Chris Paul, and B... Like, Tyler Hero has been demonstrably better than Jordan Poole. Tyler Hero is an actual, legit, elite three-point shooter. Jordan Poole is a career 33 to 34% three-point shooter who once the league started calling carries this year, remember they called him for like three carries in one game? I I felt like his whole game was off kilter from that Mm -hmm. moment on and the bizarro turnovers just continued. So I think Tyler Hero... Yeah, maybe you can't flip him for two really good firsts, or even one really good first in five seconds or whatever. I think he's fine. I think he's fine. Three unprotected, and you can. I see Yo Yovich and and Jaquez are you know they don't profile as really good starters on a good team. Okay, like sure. You do you know that now? I mean, I don't know. The, what do you think of those guys? I'm not a draft Nick like you. Like I don't. Yovich like, Yovich like graduated and, high school. Yovich yo, graduated high school like five months ago. Like what do we right. know about these guys?
1: Uh, I like I like Taquez a lot coming into the draft. and I liked him specifically for his ability to help a good team fairly immediately. I think he fits a lot better in Miami and what they're trying Man. to do than he does in Portland. So I did to me, Miami tries to keep Haquez and puts Jovic in the deal because Jovic is more like the speculative long term guy.
0: And then if it really got to three unprotected picks. The assumption everyone has is that, well, when is a Heat unprotected pick ever really paid off? The Heat, as long as Riley is there and Spolstra is there, are going to try to compete every year. Well, sure. I'm sure they will. Sometimes they fail. Like, it's not unfathomable for the Heat to to backslide for a couple of years. I mean, if they were to pull this off, Damian Lillard's almost 33, Jimmy Butler's 30-whatever – Bam is amazing and young, but he's not a number one option on a great team who can like, well, we, as long as he's on the team, we're confident we'll be good forever. Like I think unprotected heat, 2028, 20, 2030 20, picks are valuable assets. If, if you were to acquire them, I don't think it's the, it's not the best offer. It's not an amazing offer. It's not what um, the Nets got for Kevin Durant. Damian Lillard is also not Kevin Durant. He's not seven feet tall. And And his contract is worse. He's what?
1: His contract is worse.
0: I was going to say his contract is now Durant makes in the next three years, Durant's contract is 48, 51, 54, gone, expired. Dames is 45. So less year one, 49, less year two, 59, $5 Five million more in year three or whatever it is. Sixty-three player option in year four. So he's not Kevin Durant, and I don't think that offer is as as bad or whatever as it has um, made out to be. The other thing, and I'll let you go, is I think we need. I think there are two trades we need to throw away as points of comparison. At least two recent ones. One is Beal. Throw it away. It's an anomaly. Do not use it as a comparison to any other trades. The no trade clause just made that a complete anomaly. The other is Gobert. No one can explain what in the hell happened with Gobert, but don't start stacking up. Well, Gobert was worth this, so my guy must be worth this. The Gobert one is like, we're all just going to remember that is what, how, where? So, like, throw those away. So, that's the Miami offer. You think it's okay. Are there any other... Like go go through the list of plausible Dame suitors. Start with whatever one you like, and tell me how you think that offer compares to the one we just outlined.
1: If the Heat ever get that's, there, because as we said, they may not. That's why I think that that is the best offer, and Miami might not even need to go that far. Because if you look at the other teams that are plausible Lillard teams, what do they even have to put in
0: for the ones who get it done? Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call or click Granger.com, or just stop by. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket. With Vivid Seats Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code LOW. That's code LOW, L O W E, my last name, the name of this podcast. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live.
1: Like what is what does the Clippers offer even uh. look like, right? It's it's oh, okay. It's,
0: well, let's let's go through it. What is it? Because I don't think the Clippers have even come up much. Because people assume that they have nothing, but they don't have nothing. So like, let's go through go through what it is.
1: Right. It's going to be like basically expiring slop. Like they can put enough together with Morris Covington, whatever. Maybe send Norman Powell back to Portland, and then you're looking at picks in twenty eight and thirty first and 28 and 30, and then, I don't know, like, we have a future second from Detroit, like, you know. But, 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 like, you're going to have to throw
0: in Terrence Mann and Kobe Brown, the guy you just drafted, and maybe you like Brandon Boston Jr. Like, if you throw all the good young players in, the Clippers can at least... uh, Sure, throw Bones in. Um, The Clippers can at least make a call, and it's not like the Blazers can just be insulted that you even called like if you offer all the young guys and all the picks the two picks and whatever if you leave it a swap available I don't know like it's not a good offer it's not going to win the bidding but you've been on these calls like there are calls you are probably embarrassed to make there are calls where the other guy would be justified in basically saying like dude f- you call me when you have a real offer <laughs> right. like that's not a f- you call that's like a call made that yeah. you made you can make in good faith yeah
1: now let me ask you the other Clipper question: Would they do Paul George for Damian Lillard?
0: No, I don't think so. Would you? I truthfully, I haven't even thought of that because all the Paul George stuff was well immediately like James Harden for Paul George, and the Clippers were never doing that. That was never going to be a thing. Yeah, I just I don't think they view these lateral star for star trades involving Paul George as additive enough to help them. In a Western Conference in which, if you go through the teams, they've probably lost ground in this offseason. They lost Eric Gordon. They got K.J. Martin. I think that was a great signing for them. He can play backup five. He adds a jolt of athleticism that they need. But Denver is still Denver. I think the Lakers got better. The Suns got better. The Warriors, I think, got better. The Kings will have the benefit of continuity, and I think they got a little better. I think the Clippers are looking around like now, right now, and obviously, we all focus on the health of their two big guys— but I think they're looking around and was like, is this is this is this passed us by? Which is why yeah. I think they will come back to the table at some point on Harden. If they've let, I don't know if anything's on the table, if food has been served, if aper- aperitifs have been consumed. I don't even know what the state of the table is. But that's the Clippers. All right, so that's the Clippers. What else? For Dame, for Dame.
1: Well, okay. So San Antonio, I think, is preposterous. I I just don't see why on women Yama's timeline, you would agree to have a 36 year old Damian Lillard making $60 million like that. That makes no sense to me at all. Raptors. So uh,
0: another person tried to pitch me on the Raptors. What is the trade? Scotty Barnes.
1: I don't think they would because I, kind of I
0: I'm gonna preface this by saying I don't see a Raptors trade, but you you could sell me on what the Raptors trade is.
1: I think it's either Siaka Nobi and, and three firsts.
0: Can they trade three firsts?
1: They can. I they mean have- they, so the pick they owe to San Antonio is top six protected in twenty four. If you say, look, we're probably not gonna suck this year. We're not going to be in the top six picks. We'll be able to give you 26, 28, and 30 with a very high probability. I, you know, I, I, I think you can sell that and you're getting Siakam, right? Like that's, that's pretty good, right?
0: Do I want Siakam if I'm the Blazers on a $38 million expiring contract and I might have to extend him and he may not have a ton of trade value for that reason? Is that interesting to me?
1: Yeah, that's where I mean, a lot of these scenarios really are three team scenarios where it depends on how much of the league values the main guy in the trade, because I mean, I think that was Miami's angle was we can trade effectively trade hero for picks that we then send to Portland for Lillard. Right. And the the place that it seems like might be a little bit of a stumbling block, if, if the rumor mill is anything, is that they haven't really found that team for hero yet.
0: And of course, you know, the Portland glut of guards has been the subject of much discussion. Do we need to add another score first uh weak link defender to our collection of Scoot yeah. Henderson and Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp, who all have very different games and skill sets. Um, I, I get that's a semi-legit concern. Like I'm not that concerned about it depending on who the player is. Like if it were Tyrese Maxey, for instance, I don't think I would be that concerned about it because I think his upside is that is that interesting. Can we let's just stop on the Spurs for a second. Cuz I agree with you, I don't think conceptually it makes a ton of sense for them to go all in and get Damian Lillard right now. I just don't I don't it's also not a Spurs thing to do. They have yeah. this nice young core of I love Vassell. I'm a big Devin Vassell fan. Keldon Johnson is solid. I love Sohan. Trey Jones is fine. Like Malachi Branham, I think is going to become an interesting player this year. People probably didn't watch him much last year. I think he's going to be solid. Um, and obviously well, Wemby. Don't sleep on Julian Champagne. Okay, I won't. I will. I'll stop sleeping immediately. <laughs> uh, I've now. I've now woken up. Um, I yeah, and um, they have um, all their own picks. They have two unprotected Hawks picks. They have a Charlotte lottery protected pick that they may never get because Charlotte <laughs> is Charlotte, may become second round picks. Ooh. They have the Raptors pick and they have a Bulls pick. So they could throw a million, they could throw like a million picks. The question would be, what is the talent, the actual talent going back, if, if any, because they have cap space to make a lopsided trade. So they could offer like McDermott. Plus another small salary, plus all the picks. I just don't think Portland is making this trade without a real player coming back. And if you're the Spurs, like, is it worth tra- like, is it worth trading one of our core young guys if we're trying to win immediately? Which we have to be if we have Damian. Lill- it's just it's a hard needle to thread. I'm not seeing yeah. it.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think so at all.
0: This is all this right, is I, not I- this is
1: not Oscar Robinson teaming up with Kareem. It's a we're in a different time now.
0: Before we get to the Sixers
1: and the connected, um,
0: unhappy guard, uh, can I take you through a few more fake ones?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Boston, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, and let's say three first round picks and three swaps. And maybe I have to, I I may have to add in a little more salary. Let's just, just pretend that that's easy to do. Brogdon, Robert Williams, three Boston picks. Well, maybe maybe we could do the Warriors pick that the Celtics now have, courtesy of your Memphis Grizzlies, uh, which is top four protected, I think. Two unprotected Boston picks, three first-round swaps. Pointedly, not Jalen Brown. I have said repeatedly, I don't think everyone's favorite fake trade, Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard, one for one, makes sense really for either team. I expect Jalen Brown to come back on a Supermax to Boston. I know that hasn't been signed yet. I don't think that's a sign that he's going to be traded. I could be wrong. I think they're probably haggling over all the little fringe stuff that happens with Supermax's, you know, you know no trade clauses. I mean, trade kickers. Uh, no one will get a no trade clause ever again for a long time. Uh, trade kickers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what, what do you think of that?
1: I think the only holdup on that is how expensive a team do the Celtics want to have?
0: They yeah, because you'll have three players making $160 million. You're, you're, you're
1: going into bomber money with that team. Once you do Brown's extension, Lillard's extension kicks in, Tatum's going to have a huge extension in 25. Like those, those teams are going to be crazy expensive, repeater tax, like. It's and you're going full balmer on that team. Um, so I think that's the part that makes it hard. You could, you could probably get to the point on contracts and picks where you feel pretty good about it. You know, they maybe they have to put Derek White in instead of Robert Williams, which
0: I can't do. I can't do that now.
1: Well, I guess I could. I'm getting a guard back. I'm getting, I I lost the guard guard back. That's a good one because it's like it's, it's workable. That just gets to be. Such an expensive team. When you go down the line, you just have you, you're you're Phoenix basically, right? You have four like very expensive guys, and then Al Horford.
0: I do think the argument for that for for the 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 counter to that concern would be we can solve that problem in a couple of years with a trade. Maybe it gets it gets harder to trade Dame as he gets older yeah. and the contracts get bigger. So maybe maybe that's but but. In the short term, I think that Boston Celtics team vaults over Denver as the favorites to win the NBA championship. And depending on how big you think you are as favorites, I think you can stomach a little bit more of the, well, let's figure out the money stuff later if we think we've bumped our title odds up from, what, what are they now? I don't know what they would be now, but like if we've tripled them to the point that we're the outright favorite in the NBA. And I think Dame plus Brown plus Tatum plus Porzingis plus Horford plus White, blah, blah, all the stuff that's left over. I think they would be.
1: I think you're probably right, especially in that like these next two seasons. So, so that's why I think that that is a really interesting deal. The Lillard raises their offensive ceiling, and I think that offensively is where they've run into a lot of trouble in these late playoff rounds, where it's just Tatum, 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 Tatum. Um, and I think I think Lillard gives them that. How much does he? Make them step back because defensively, Boston was really airtight. And now you take away Smart and you you put Lillard into the lineup. That changes some things at that end, too. But overall, I'm probably more scared of them with with Lillard than with those players you mentioned.
0: I think Portland might say the same thing they would say about the Heat picks, although I think with more conviction, which is, how interested are we in Boston Celtics picks if they have Jay- Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on their team? Like, are those going to be the twenty fifth, the twenty eighth, the twenty seventh? You're,
1: ne- you're just never, you're just never getting a good pick because Tatum and Brown are going to be there for the next decade. Yeah, I, I think that's a real concern. Now, I mean, I will say. For anyone Portland is doing a dame deal with, like you are not getting Charlotte's unprotected pick out of this, right? like you're you're going to end up with the pick from a good team, and you just have to hope they stop being good somewhere on that timeline uh of of when you have those picks. So I think Miami's a better bet for that than a lot of other teams.
0: Well, except for you know that's where like a Spurs deal, or I, I guess we have to talk about the jazz because they just have so much stuff. Um, I, I run into the same timeline problem with them. Yeah, that, that, doesn't, that,
1: that doesn't make any sense to me what, I why mean, Utah I, would do that.
0: Utah, you'd have to really be confident in like the Lillard, Markkanen, Kessler. Like that trio gets us into the top four of the West, and I'm not sure that it really does. The West is just absolutely stacked again. It's not stacked with like 60-win teams, but it's stacked with like 48 to 53-win kinds of teams, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but but with San Antonio and Utah, I can at least wager against multiple teams if I wanted to. If I were if I had my pick of of picks from their basket of picks, I could be like, let me take a Minnesota pick here and a Cleveland pick here with That's the Spurs. True. Like, let me take a Charlotte pick here and an Atlanta pick over here, and like I can at least bet against multiple teams. Um, but yeah, I don't love the Utah one. Uh, okay, I, I've got some crazier ones. You ready? Yeah. So uh, one that I just want to dis- not dismiss right away, but um, people have uh, – Chris Haynes said on his podcast, Minnesota may have reached out. I, I can't verify that. I, I'm, I have not – I don't have that reporting. But a cat for Lillard trade is like a favorite among the sort of Twitterati –
1: I just, I, I love that as a fake trade, but I don't think there's any chance that would happen in real life.
0: Well, I mean, I love it for Minnesota. Yeah. Like Dame, Aunt Gobert si- signed me up. I don't yeah. really think, you know, all the stuff we're saying about Lillard's contract, you can say about Cat's contract, except he's younger. Cat is, uh, thirty-six million, fifty-two million, fifty-six million, sixty-one million, sixty-five million over the next five seasons. Uh, has won zero playoff series. Not his fault necessarily. Has not also has not shined in the postseason, has fouled out of uh, a lot of games and has a lot of like 11 point stinkeramas. But I just, if I'm poor, and I'm like, is that so? I'm now building around cat at that money. Am I that excited about that? I don't think I am. I'd rather have a bundle of picks. And Minnesota has no picks, goodbye right. picks, stifle tower. Um,
1: is okay. it not at least a little interesting that you already have those guards in Portland and then you bring in Cat?
0: Don't sell me on it. I just dismissed it. <laughs> it's a little interesting. It's a little interesting. It's a little it's interesting. It's a
1: little interesting. You probably don't do it if you're Portland unless they throw McDaniels in, which is probably where Hangs hangs up the phone.
0: Okay. Uh, here's one that's a little out of the box. Okay. You're fighting Chicago Bulls. Oh. Zach Levine. Yeah. Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams is the big one for me because I'm on the lookout for rookie scale guys. And he's toward the end of his rookie scale, and there are not many rookie scale studs. We'll get to Maxie later. Yeah. That I can realistically take a look at and say maybe that team, that guy's team, wants Damian Lillard. Zach Levine, Patrick Williams, Portland gets its pick back from the Bulls. They owe the Bulls a top, I think eight it's top whatever fourteen protected protected through through 2028
1: i think it's through 2573 yes
0: um i i give you that pick back then if i really if i'm just really feeling like i gotta beat miami's offer and that's not enough because there are questions about levine is as polarizing as hero better but polarizing and more expensive. So maybe I got to get more creative. I call the Spurs and I say, hey, can we amend the protections on the pick we owe you so that I can toss in two more first round picks to Portland? So I can get up to three if I include the Portland pick that I'm giving back. Two of my own, Zach Levine, Pat Williams. I get Damian Lillard to be my point guard. Don't really have a point guard on my team. Kind of a problem. Uh, Or one that I really trust, and I have Dame DeRozan Vucevic. We will guard no one, but we're going to be amazing on offense. And we um, already—I was going to say—we already don't guard anyone. They were a top ten defense last year. I'm not even really sure how that happened. So maybe it's the other way. Maybe like we magicked up a top ten defense once. (laughs) Let's like we could maybe we could magic it up with Damian Lillard. I—you have to be a Levine and Williams booster, booster, booster. To get that excited about that trade for Portland, I don't know what Joe Cronin and the Blazers' brain trust think of those guys. Like, I don't think that's a totally bonkers trade.
1: I like that package better in a Harden trade than in a trade for Portland. I I I actually think I I think, I actually think that makes more sense for Philly than it does for the Blazers. I
0: don't love the Harden DeRozan mix if I'm Chicago
1: hmm, hmm. I uh that Levine low-key was awesome the second half of last season uh, got
0: his bounce back got his finishing back absolutely y-
1: you worry about the knee with him though long term I, th- I think that's been I think people have talked about for a while I mean there was an exclusion in it for it even in the offer sheet he did with Sacramento way back um, and he's pay- getting paid a lot of money not like a big believer in Patrick Williams is is more than just a just a guy. Uh, I have
0: said I have said before on this podcast that it will be twenty twenty nine, and I will be saying things like Pat Pat Williams is only twenty eight years old. Like it could still happen. I know he averaged eleven points a game. He shot forty three percent on corner threes. He never shoots like he's only twenty eight. It could happen. So count me as a Pat Williams. Stan, as the kids say. (laughs) All right. We're not done with my crazy trades. Okay. Chalk this one up as unlikely to the point of insanity, but I like it anyway, so I'm going to say it. (laughs) Okay. Trey Young.
1: Okay. I was saving that one for you. Okay.
0: The Kings pick. (laughs) We can only throw one more in because we traded so many picks for DeJounte Murray. So Trey Young, the Kings pick that we got for Herder, a 2028 swap, unprotected 2029 pick. Kobe I add Boston. Dame.
1: Sure, put Kobe Buffkin in there
0: too. Teddy Ruxpin. Um, <laughs> I I and then I add Dame to this. What becomes a weird team where like every age range in the NBA is now represented. Like I've got Dame. <laughs> I've got rookies. I've got Clint Capella. I've got DeAndre Hunter. I've got Bogdanovich, and like it kind of fits as a win now team. Now, I've heard Quinn Snyder is very excited about the opportunity to work with Trey Young and vice versa, and I I think the Hawks just have invested so much in that Trey Young is their guy. He's their he's their yeah. bankable super duper star forever that it feels like a very very abrupt shift. Um and it it also as many of these trades do gives the Blazers another small guard and a very defensively challenged small guard so yeah. i don't i don't love it but it's it's worth mentioning
1: that's all you would need a third team for trey i think and i to me the oh. hawks end up getting older and more expensive without really getting better or different it's just I a think different they get di- it's just I think a they a different, get different. it's a different guy running high pick and roll on every play
0: Okay, fine. <laughs> all right, well then let's get to the matter at hand, um which is the Sixers yes. and the Harden Harden Dame connection. Yes. So we've we've talked about on TV a lot the last couple of days the idea that the Sixers should go all in for Damian Lillard, which is code which is code for they should trade Tyrese Maxey. Yes. And whatever draft assets they have which I believe they can only trade one first round pick as currently constructed. Um but they should they should um, uh, make Tyrese Maxey touchable and not totally untouchable as has been reported by Brian Windhorse who had a whole running bit on his last podcast about how they wouldn't trade Tyrese Maxey for prime Larry Bird and prime Michael Jordan and prime Will Chamberlain. Um, My issue with that is I don't have an issue with it. I You are more creative and cap savvy with this stuff than I am. But th- the issue that I keep coming back to is it sounds really good to say the Sixers should go all in and get Damian Lillard and pair him with Joel Embiid. And it does. It sounds amazing. Joel Embiid's amazing. Damian Lillard's amazing. Their pick and roll would be amazing. The Sixers would be unbelievable on offense and Embiid covers for everything on defense. I have this other disgruntled guard over here on the side yeah. with a long beard that I also might need to trade. And so if I'm trading Maxi for Lillard and Harden for stuff and maybe some of the stuff has to go to the Blazers because this becomes a three-team extravaganza. So I only get a portion of the Harden stuff. Maybe it's Norm Powell. Maybe it's it's um, some expirings that you mentioned, the Covington, Batum, Morris, Poo Platter, and a, and a pick. Yeah. Um, have I made – is all of that actually worth it to me if I'm the Sixers? If the entire starting backcourt goes out the door – and one guard and some like more speculative pieces come in the door? Or can I make, can you separate these? Like, can you even se- I don't know if you can separate them because let's say I just, I wake up one day, I'm Daryl Moore. Yeah. Okay. Maxi, Tobias Harrison, a first round pick for Damian Lillard. We'll just convince James Harden to come back. That's going to be our team. Is, is, that a re- is that real life? I can't tell if that's real life. What are your thoughts?
1: Is it worth giving up Maxi to turn James Harden into Damian Lillard? Uh, I'm not sure it is. It's a harder question
0: than that than the should they go all in for Damian Lillard framing yeah, makes it out to be. Is my only point? I because keep when you up. start
1: there, it's like yeah, of course we should. But like you 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 got to know how this Harden thing works out. And then the other the other wrinkle to this obviously is dealing with the maxi extension and. There's this potential next year for the Sixers to have max cap room. Now I think cap room has become much less valuable than it than it was four or five years ago. You wrote uh, a actually, wonderful
0: column about this three that, days ago. Thank you.
1: Uh, I wrote a column about it anyway. Um, and uh, th- thank you. A again. column
0: is a thing where there are words on.
1: It's on, like not. Yeah, it's a, like a it's like a printed podcast.
0: You read it. Yeah. You read yeah. it with your eyes.
1: Yeah. 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 I should do a TikTok. anyway anyway uh, so yeah I mean all their money comes off after this year so I th- I think they at least look at that as an opportunity and that if they you know if there was somebody out there that they would probably be in the in the front pole position because usually the cap room teams are bad teams so this is a little this would be a little different where you're signing up to join Joel Embiid and PJ Tucker I guess
0: I think it's a it's a harder question.
1: I I don't know that that makes
0: you better. Now if now Harden, let's separate Harden now. Let's pretend Lillard is is not going to be in in our trajectory and we just have to trade James Harden. Do they have to trade James Harden? I guess we're going to see. Let's just say you hear a lot of competing noise about whether the idea that James Harden can slink back to the Sixers mm-hmm. uh is a workable outcome um i don't know that it is i'm not sure i i would lean i i don't even i just don't let's just say i don't know that it is um i have heard like i just don't think there's a lot out there right now for james harden i just don't sense that there's a big appetite among teams to trade philadelphia real stuff and the reason why the dame lillard's name comes up for philly is like i kind of need real stuff because the other dude on my team is the MVP, and if he gets unhappy or unhappier than he already might be, I'm just f***ed and I'm blowing everything up, and the process yep. has gone to smithereens without a conference final, with Nery, a conference finals appearance. Wow. With, with more number one picks who either forgot <laughs> how to shoot or never knew, then conference finals wins. <laughs> so that's a problem. And, like, I don't think the Heat are super interested in James Harden. They're obviously focused elsewhere. I don't think the Knicks are super interested in James Harden. If they could get him uh, on the ultra, ultra cheap, that's (laughs) one thing. I don't know that Philly wants to do that. The Clippers, I like, I, from what I've heard, they have been reluctant so far to offer man picks, maybe even Powell. And I don't know that the two sides have really even had super significant dialogue. And I don't really know what you do from there. Do you like Harden with the Clippers? Like what would you, if you're Lawrence Frank, like how, how much do you put in the pot to get James Harden on an expiring contract?
1: Because the Clippers are, are a win now team. I, I, I do think Harden makes some sense for them that they need one more guy who can dribble and, and make plays and that that guy probably shouldn't be Russell Westbrook. Like he's, he's much better being with the second unit or whatever as good at like Westbrook was better than I thought way better than I thought he'd be for them uh, at the end of last year. Cause he was actually like playing defense and doing some other stuff, but the, the mix is still a little funky with him with that starting group. So I, I do like adding Harden with them. They'd like to switch a lot and Harden, you know, he's, he could do that,
0: you know. Harden I, likes to switch because it allows him to stand still as the bodies move around him. As it, long as there's it, a body yeah. in front of me, I'm good. Exactly. Like everyone, everyone's orbiting me. I'm good.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's that, and then he's strong enough to actually hold his own when guys try to post him up. So, but but what what is there that the Clippers really should be willing to put in for a guy who's a little older and is expiring and the Clippers you have to think to yourself we don't have we don't have that many bullets we do need to get this right uh you know I I certainly like Morris and Covington I'm c- certain they'd be willing to part with because they like just aren't really in the plans anymore but like t- Terrence van, I'd probably be like no I'd be like you can you know you can have Highland you can have a future first but I'm, I'm not going crazy on this. And then, so the other part of this with the Sixers that gets really interesting is, so Daryl Morey gave us a roadmap for how this is going to go with the Ben Simmons thing, right? Which is it's going to be water torture for everyone who follows the leak. right? He's gonna he's gonna start out asking for the moon, and then he's gonna very slowly roll it back, roll it back, roll it back, and he's totally comfortable taking this into the season or t- taking it even to the trade deadline, right? Even if even if Harden is doing whatever, if he holds out or is acting out or whatever, like I mean, Daryl's going to ride this out, uh, until he has the trade that, that he wants. And so I, I just think this is going to, going to drag. It's going to take a lot of time. So the wild card in that
0: scenario, cause obviously Daryl, as people like to say, is willing to get uncomfortable. Yes. Daryl more, likes being uncomfortable. Um, Does Joel Embiid have the appetite for another year that... Like, that's that's stressful. The load on him gets very big. He has to answer questions about it incessantly. Like, I just can't imagine that Joel Embiid wants to have a second season in three seasons where, like, this is my life. Like, there's this whole drama swirling over there, and all this other stuff has to be asked of me by the media and by my team. That's the wild card there. I will say... um, I was listening to Bill Simmons and Ryan Rossillo last week talk about the Harden trade, going back and looking at the Harden trade. If this ends in disaster for Philadelphia, do they ultimately regret trading Ben Simmons for James Harden over whatever alternatives might have existed? Like Tyrese Halliburton is often mentioned. I love Tyrese Halliburton. DeJounte Murray is often mentioned. You know, I'd have to go back and try to recreate how and when those alternatives may or may not have ever been available how seriously they may or may not have ever been available, what else right. would have been part of them. <laughs> the dude turned a guy who doesn't play into James Harden, <laughs> exactly. who was like an is- all-star, all-NBA-level player this year until he kind of petered out toward the end of the regular season as they were trying to keep him healthy. Like, I, the Sixers won. The The Harden-Simmons trade went from everyone lost and then the Sixers won. The Sixers won. That trade is fine. Yeah, You know, when they were up 3-2 against the Celtics – and yes, you could tell me that of course James Harden and the rest of the team fell apart in Game Six and Seven. Fine. When they went to Boston and spanked their ass in Game Five, I didn't hear a lot of like, "Oh man, regret." Like the dude, yeah. the other dude doesn't play, and exactly. James Harden was really good. He won the trade.
1: No, oh, absolutely. I mean, not just won the trade, like dancing in the end zone, fifteen-yard penalty for excessive yeah, celebration. Yeah, two first-round right? picks, Seth Curry. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. care.
0: He won the trade.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Um. I agree with you that Harden fits the Clippers. He's got a ton of experience running small, small pick and rolls with guards or wings. And not that Kawhi Leonard is a small, but they would they would he would screen for Harden a lot, and they would try to get switches. I it, the the synergy is there. I just think Harden is paying the price now. For if you're trading for James Harden, you know he's 33 or whatever. You know he's on an expiring contract. He's going to want money, and you know now that like. The pattern is flame out in the playoffs, blame everyone else, ask for a trade. Like yeah. it's, it's just not that exciting an experience for me to sign up for. And I can, everyone thinks it'll be different with their team and maybe it will be, but like that's, that's the pattern. And I, I think most of that is fair, particularly the playoff flameouts. I, the one hardened thing I would push back on is Everyone is now making fun of him for asking for a trade all the time. I have made fun of him for asking for a trade all the time. I just did 45 seconds ago. The Brooklyn thing goes back to Kyrie for me. I think Harden looked around. It was like, this thing is a mess. This dude's not playing. He's not vaccinated. It's drama all the time. If that were copacetic, I still think that team is unbelievable and will go down as the greatest what if of like Mm -hmm. the last 15 years in the NBA. But that's all. That's all I got. I, I, I don't know what else to say on Harden. We should probably talk about the Nets as a potential Dame team. We haven't talked about that yet.
1: I don't really see that one. I know people have talked about it. I... I... I just think the Nets are better off kind of riding out what they have with these future firsts from Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix may legitimately have to completely dismantle their team in 26 just because of the cost of it and having the draft pick frozen and whatnot. I I know Matt Ishby is very excited about this right now, but when he starts seeing those tax bills and the repeater penalty and whatnot, like I'm feeling very good about having 27-29 Phoenix unprotected. I'm feeling very good about having Dallas 29 unprotected. I don't think I'm shedding those picks to, to turn them into Dame right now. I, I think if you're the Nets, you say we're, we're taking our medicine on the Houston pick for the next couple of years. We have a halfway decent team. And then and then we start our rise after that. You know, it, I mean, it's tempting to turn Ben Simmons into Damian Lillard, obviously. <laughs> no question if, if they could pull that off. But... I think, even with two years left on Simmons, I don't know if like Portland may turn their nose up on that, even
0: well, I get the if I'm Portland, I need all the Phoenix I need the Phoenix picks because those have upside,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But you run into the question just like you said, if if I'm Brooklyn, I can't trade Cam Johnson, right? I literally can't trade Cam Johnson. He's not tradable, right? Um, i I you could, you I'm can not, throw him into I'm, a
1: sign of trade, I think, because he hasn't signed yet. Okay, so... It gets complicated, though. I
0: don't know. Um, Obviously, I'm not trading you Mikhail Bridges because that serves nobody's purposes in this acquisition. Similar with Nick Claxton. Like, I want Nick Claxton on the team. If I'm going to go all in, I'm trading for Damian Lillard. So then the question becomes, like, other than the picks, and maybe the picks are all you want, what player am I excited to get from the Brooklyn Nets, which is why, in addition to the Ben Simmons salary which is like, I'm not like Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie. Like these things don't do anything for me as they're rebuilding Portland Trailblazers. Maybe they're culture guys. I don't know. But I I can do better than that somewhere else, which is why these three-team trades um, start to come up. The other one people bring up is the Pelicans. I just can't find a Pelicans one. I know they've got Milwaukee picks. They've got the Lakers picks still coming. They've got a bunch of talented players. The presence of McCollum there. Just comp like is McCollum going back to Portland? Am I doing Dame CJ again? I-, I can't trade Zion. I just it's too early. It's like I didn't even know how to value Zion either way. Like I just can't find a New Orleans trade, despite the fact that they've been murmured about and and then the cost of the Dame salary on a small market team. I just seem that can't fi- never, I can't find one.
1: They're, they're never paying the tax. That, that's that's the other issue with these guys, is I just don't think they're ever paying the tax. And that makes it really hard to execute any kind of Dame trade. I mean, you could do – in the short term, you could do McCallum and Dance. Like when you get into those out years where Dame's at 60, oh, it, it gets hard to have like a real team built around Zion and and Ingram and Dame making the kind of money they're going to be making. I uh, I agree. I, I don't really see, see that one. Can we, can we talk about the Knicks? Because I'm a little surprised we haven't heard more about them with Dame just because – they built up these picks and these assets to chase exactly this kind of star, I thought. And it hasn't. It seemed like they're just really reluctant to put him next to Brunson.
0: Well, I think that's the answer, right? I, I think, yes, they've built up all these picks. And um, I'm bringing up their picks now. And they have a top 10 protected still from Dallas. Congratulations on the Mavs for tanking their way into keeping that pick this year. Worked out very well for them. I thought the Mavs had a great draft. Um, a, a protected Pistons pick. It's eh, protected Wizards pick. They may not get. We'll see. It's one to eight in twenty twenty six. One to twelve and one to ten before that. Wizards are tanking like all hell. Um, they have a Bucks pick that I think they get if it's between five and thirty. They're splitting that yeah. pick. Uh, they have a timeshare with the Pelicans on that pick. Um, so like, and they have all their own picks which, you know, it's the Knicks, like everything could go, who knows what could happen with the Knicks. Yeah. Um, I just think they've, what they have learned in the interim is Jalen Brunson's an all-star level player. He may not have made an all-star game, but you throw in what he did in the playoffs. Like that dude's an all-star. He's a point guard. He's undersized. If we're cashing in our chips, I don't think it's for an upgrade of the same kind of player. Now, could they play together? Offensively, sure. Jalen Brunson obviously have, has a ton of experience playing next to another ball-dominant player. Um, I, I You seem more bullish on it than me. I just kind of disqual... I, I kind of threw the Knicks out because of how good Brunson got, and I'm just... I'm waiting on the other guy in Philly, if I'm the Knicks, and other associated players Harden, who play that Harden kind of... Harden
1: would probably be a better No, fit the not
0: Harden. The, be- the better guy in Philly. Corkmaz, if if I can get Corkmaz with Embiid, um, I'm waiting on guys like that. Right? Um, Can I ask you something as someone who worked for a team?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: You hear a lot of well, one reason the Blazers can, should, will take care of Dame, by which people mean send him to Miami. provided the price is palatable at least is, well, it sends, if you don't do that, if you send them to Siberia, then um, you've sent a bad message to future potential current Portland Trailblazers like Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp and future potential free agent trade acquisitions of the Portland Trailblazers that you've got to take care of your guys to send that message out to the market. What is your take on that line of thought?
1: I don't really think that's a thing. Like, I, honestly, I mean, look, 99% of free agency decisions are are based on one thing, right? Which is which, which team can offer the most money. Um, then, when you get into these situations with max players, like they all want to go to the same four cities. And Portland, Oregon, is never going to be one of those cities. So like like what, what, what are you doing here? like you you got to make the best the best deal that for your team that 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 gives you the best asset haul. Now that may end up being Miami just because other teams are leery of him not being happy where he's sent. but I mean, we ran into this situation twice in Memphis and inevitably you're going to send the guy to a pretty good situation. If he's an older player, because like a 20 win team, isn't going to be going after him unless they're just run by morons. So, so, you know, Mark ended up going to Toronto. Cause that was the, that ended up being the best deal we had. Mike ended up going to Utah cause that ended up being the, the best deal. And they, you know, they both went to really good teams. Mark won the title. Mike's team, I think had the best record in the league one year. Um, so, I, I just think that's that's inevitably what happens is they go somewhere good and but when a, when a player gives you a list of one destination like i you you're not required to accommodate that i'm sorry especially when he has four years left on his deal and you just extended that deal for two years 120 million or whatever and made him de facto gm for 18 months
0: um i i tried to I didn't do a total, total deep dive on it, but I, I did a brief thought exercise of like what team became known as a team that like did right by their guys and were paid off for it in the long run with, with acquisitions. And I'm like, well, like the Nuggets, like that was a big Tim Connolly thing is like where, you know, even like a, the simple thing of like Jameer Nelson, they weren't going to trade Jameer Nelson to a place he didn't want to go. Have they gotten paid back for that? The the most high profile one is probably the Lakers, with Kobe and the extensions they gave Kobe at the end of his career, the message to other stars being like, "We take care of our stars." I don't think that really ended up making a difference for the Lakers. Like they had a long drought, and then LeBron wanted to live in Los Angeles, so he yeah. went to sign with the Lakers. I don't think that. I I maybe I'd actually like to interview LeBron about I that. I think I think no,
1: I think though that was the thing that really lured uh, Lou Oldang and Timothy Mozgov to sign there.
0: Was Kobe's Kobe's extension? Um, the Heat, like the Heat, were pretty cutthroat with some of their finances. Like, remember they amnestied yeah. Mike Miller, and that really pissed LeBron off. I think LeBron was probably oh, going to leave. Oh, we anyway. loved when
1: they amnestied Mike Miller. That was great for us.
0: And and um, but the Heat, I have paid no price in terms of like their market appeal. The yeah. one team I thought about, and it's it's unprovable. It's unprovable by its nature. Mm-hmm. Boston got hit pretty hard with the these guys are just ice cold after the Isaiah Thomas trade on top of the Pierce KG thing. But really, after the Isaiah Thomas plays through a hip injury and they just dump him and move on with life, then dump him. They got Kyrie Irving. Um, And then Kyrie Irving left there unhappy with I'm not really sure what, but a lot of stuff, I guess. They kind of got hit around the league with like that franchise is cold hearted, and we have seen Anthony Davis kind of signal like I don't want to go there; I only want to go to the Lakers. And Mm -hmm. now they're, you know, we'll see if they even try to get into the Lillard thing, and if that ends up being on his list. They have signed free agents when they've had the money, right? That hasn't been a problem, whether it's Hayward or Horford or Kemba Walker. Yeah. Um. So I'm not really, I'm not convinced that any reticence, a couple of big name players have had about Boston has anything to do with like, oh wow, Danny Ainge might trade me, you know, who obviously doesn't work there anymore, but you yeah. know what I mean. But that was the one team I thought, like, have they paid the opposite kind of price in the marketplace? I I'm not sure they have, but it's it's a I'd like to dive a little more deeply into that.
1: And even that one though, that was a trade made for a player, right? That right. wasn't a that wasn't a oh, this guy demanded a trade. We're like moving him on for assets and whatever. This was like, no, we have a chance to get Kyrie Irving. Here's what we have to offer. Here's the matching salary. It makes no sense to play Isaiah Thomas with Kyrie Irving. And oops, Isaiah Thomas is damaged goods too. Um, but,
0: <laughs> All right. I have no additional thoughts on Damian Lillard and uh, uh, James Harden, other than while we were recording this Matisse Thibel uh current Portland Trailblazer free agent is going to sign an offer sheet with the Dallas Mavericks, which I presume will be for some of, if not all of the big mid-level exception, which I think Dallas has all of left. Yes. Do you have any thoughts on his potential fit in Dallas before we move on to, this is not winners and losers of free agency is what I wanted to do next
1: okay uh, i didn't
0: really I didn't really have strong feelings about Dallas either way, but um what if if Thibel goes there on if the blazers elect not to match what do you what do you think of his potential uh fit
1: uh I think that's a perfectly good deal for Dallas. I mean they need a wing defender thyibel's a pretty inconsistent shooter, and that's what he's gonna be asked to do in Dallas, so that's gonna be the the swing skill you know is he? Is he going to be too tragic on offense to stay on the court in a playoff game? That that's the whole question with him, right? Because he, I mean, defensively we know like he's he's really good. He's really good in in zones, especially. So I, I, the fit obviously makes sense on that end.
0: Yeah, Dallas is collecting. Here, here are the guards slash wings that Dallas has collected in the last two weeks, or is or is bringing back. Seth Curry, good contract. If you if you have him and Kyrie and Luka on the floor, defense is going to be rough. <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr. coming back, okay contract. If you're going to have him and Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic on the floor, defense is going to be rough. Reggie Bullock, guaranteed to shoot 27% from three for the first two months of the season, then heat up as the season goes on and then be like semi-unreliable in the playoffs. <laughs> Josh Green, really good feel for the game, playmaker, defender. Uh, The shooting piece is inconsistent. Dante Exum apparently has been lighting it up overseas, so we'll see. Uh, Jaden Hardy, who I thought really came on strong to finish. Uh, A lot of it was with the ball in his hands. We'll see how he looks off the ball, but certainly can attack a closeout. I like that one. Um. Omax Prosper, the guy they just drafted, I, I will learn about him as he gets into the NBA. And Theibel, who it's not even the shooting that makes me the most nervous, although that does make me quite nervous. Um, you, know, you just like these guys just never you see it in the playoffs all the time these guys miss three threes in a row and the coach is just like, I can't, I can't play this dude. Like I just yeah. can't play him. Like, yeah. um, and then one game he'll hit a couple and be like, Oh, the tie, the tie ball's back in the rotation. And then the next game it's like, Oh, can't play. Him. <laughs> um, uh, it's that, but it's, it's like, The inability to make a play off the dribble, to me, is what has dogged Theibel even more, maybe, than his shooting. And now they're connected, right? Like, if people aren't going to close out on you, then it's hard to, like, pump and blow by them. But even when he has that opportunity, he's just not comfortable with it. And I think that is just as important an ingredient in, like, a spread pick-and-roll, Luka-heavy offense as almost as important as making shots. And he just hasn't made – he's a good cutter. He's a damn good cutter. Maybe that will help. But – My point is like all of these names are interesting. It's almost like baked into it that they're expecting half of them to not work out and hoping that half of them do work out (laughs) and their fit around Luca and Kyrie is it's, it's going to be interesting to see sort of how all of that shakes out, but I didn't have them on my winners or losers.
1: Yeah. I, I really thought they would use that room to go after a four and maybe they just got priced out on, Grant Williams and PJ Washington, whoever else is available, but to me that's the that's the hole on their roster right now, and they have one open roster spot in their mid level. So Thibodeau is kind of a weird place to go with it, unless they also think they have a Hardaway trade that they can like sign a trade in for Grant Williams somehow.
0: Okay. Pick a team you want to talk about is either a winner or a loser. And the team you pick first will determine to me whether you are an optimist or a pessimist in life, whether you want it, what do you thrive on negativity and you're a hater or whether you want to bring sunshine and positivity to the world?
1: All right. Uh, let let me, let me go to the dark side. I knew it.
0: Typical, typical, typical nerd guy.
1: What did you think of this extension for Sabonis?
0: You're going to criticize Demana Sabonis' extension after the guy played the whole season with a broken thumb, got stomped on in the playoffs for a team that hadn't been to the playoffs in eons. I gotta look. I gotta look up the numbers. I gotta see. Do we know exactly getting, what the numbers getting, are yet?
1: It's 192 million in new money. Now, Sacramento can do this a couple different ways. They're they're not obli- They're going to add something, at least eight million to his number this year, somewhere between eight million and all their cap room. And I presume it depends on what else they do with their cap room. And then basically on top of that, he's getting on top of the $8 million, he's getting a four-year max. Uh, so that for, some of that four-year max may end up in this season, depending on how they structure the money. But
0: th- to me, it's like... So it's almost going to be 50 a year for the subsequent four years.
1: Yes, exactly. So it's like you could have just given him the four-year max a year from now. And I don't think anyone else was going to fight you on it. And even if somebody had come in, you still had that fifth year in your back pocket where you do a partial fifth year or whatever, and then you, you win that way.
0: So you're, what you're what you're I, saying is I can't you you as the Kings you don't think you should have been that worried about we traded Tyrese Halliburton for you and you're a flight risk in free agency you don't, you wouldn't have been too worried about that.
1: I guess I, I didn't see him as a huge flight risk based on the position they're in and based on Sabonis being not just a center, but sort of a peculiar kind of center that you really have to, you have to make him the focal point of your team if you bring him in. And so he doesn't fit everywhere. He doesn't fit in a lot of places, especially if you look at like good teams right now, they're already built around other players. And so it's it's very hard for him to to just like fit in as like a max free agent someplace and then the other thing is man, I, I just don't think they needed to go this far on on the renegotiating extent to where like you're already committed to the four year max next. Year. Like, what is what is your win by doing this now? Usually it's a it's a back and forth, like, okay, we'll take care of you right now, but the way we're gonna take care of you is we're gonna give you an extra bag this year, and then you're gonna give us something back in these out years.
0: Miles Turner.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now I'm not saying he's going to get the forty percent pay cut next year that Turner got, right? Like that, it's not going to be anything like that. But you know, give give us a little something here, right? So I, I didn't really understand that, and then you know, and they gave up. The, I mean, they basically gave up their first round pick to do this. So I I have questions there. So
0: funny enough, I had the Kings as like a slight winner in my winners losers column. Okay, because I. I guess I just, I guess I had just factored in like, they're going to do this with Sabonis. It's probably fine. He's young enough that he'll be worth the contract. They obviously were really, really good. And despite all the things I just said about who cares about rewarding your own players doesn't really matter. This is a franchise that had not made the playoffs in 16 years. I get just sort of being like, let's keep the good vibes rolling. The Harrison Barnes contract is fine. Like I wish they had found that's where I wish they had found kind of a more exciting, maybe younger alternative. They didn't. They got him back on a totally manageable number. Fine. Um, Trey Lyle's contract, fine. Vizenkov yeah. is gonna fit like a glove and shoot the hell out of it around Sabonis, fine. Duarte Nice flyer for another wing, so you don't have to play. You know, uh, maybe you don't play Davion Mitchell as much. Although he was fine too, and has good chemistry with Sabonis.
1: I thought Duarte was my favorite move of theirs actually, because he's inexpensive. He still has two years on his deal, and he gives them some size in the backcourt, which they don't really have right now.
0: They they did dump twenty four to do, and Rashawn Holmes pointedly to do all this, but they like Colby Jones, the guy they got in the second round. I I just think they're going to benefit – everyone is going to to caution that, okay, the Kings – I think the negative read on the Kings is they will be the next example of how development is not linear. And just because you made a big leap this year doesn't mean another small leap is coming. Maybe there's regression. Continuity isn't all that it's made out to be. I kind of think the Kings are going to benefit from continuity. And if they stay healthy, obviously, they were really, really healthy. Yeah, despite-
1: they had, like crazy healthy last year. Yeah, that's well, that's- I mean, Sabonis
0: did play with a bad hand the whole year. But yes, um, I, I just I like their youth and togetherness. And other than Harrison Barnes, everyone should be on the upswing of their career. Fox, they they pro- they may. I don't want to say probably like if Fox doesn't break his finger or the tip of his finger or whatever it was like, they may well get past the warriors. Like he's emerged to me as a real big game, legit closer clutch player of the year, et cetera, et cetera. I just like, I like the feel of their team. And I, I think I'm pretty optimistic that they can carry over their success this year. And this whole like, well, they could take a step back or they're, they're the hunted, not the hunter. So get ready for everyone to give them their best shot. I think the Kings are going to be good next year. Like if you go if you go through the West, Denver's Denver. Phoenix is going to be awesome. You can quibble with the fit and you know the overlapping skill sets and what happens with Aiton. Thought they did great on the minimums. What did you think they, of all their minimums?
1: Yeah, I wrote about them. Yeah, I th- I thought they were a big winner in free agency just from how well they did on their minimums. And, and, who did you who
0: did you specifically really? I mean, they have like seven of them. Who Bates, did you really like?
1: Bates Diop, Drew Eubanks. Like they had some deep cuts on guys who are like, okay, you guys were clearly paying attention this year.
0: Um Eubanks is is a solid backup center for a minimum. He can switch a little bit on defense. They brought a Kogi back, Bates Diop, Wantana Wantanabe makes yeah. corner threes and really plays hard defensively. Like I, I think they did well. I think the Lakers, I mean, we, we've we all talked about the Lakers too much. I, 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 I thought they were clear among the winners. Um, Tim Bontemps has been on the case of, um, I think people are going a little overboard with how big winners they were. Um, maybe there's degrees of winning and we can disagree on it. I thought they had an awesome summer. Did you?
1: Yeah, I mean, they... They essentially ran it back, which is which is fine, uh, you know, with a couple of little tweaks. I mean, it's, you know, Torian Prince instead of Troy Brown um, and Vincent instead of Schroeder. But the fact is, I mean, they they were definitely losing Schroeder, right? So the fact that they replaced him with basically equivalent value-ish, I, I think is a big deal. And then they got Russell at, at Reasonable Money, which is sort of the other question mark. And that's now a fairly tradable contract, I think. So I, I just think they left themselves in a really good position. And it was like such a, a difference from past Laker off seasons where we just see them chase shiny objects to where it's like, no, we're actually doing like some real team building here.
0: I thought Hachimura's deal was fine. I've talked about him already. Uh, I have not recorded since the Reeves deal was official. I think the Reeves contract has a chance to be one of the best contracts in the league from a team perspective. And the Lakers got very, very lucky that nobody made them pay through the nose. And I know San Antonio was going back and forth on it yeah. and just for whatever reason didn't do it.
1: I was and surprised. that's a steal. I thought the Spurs would price and force on them. Like, no- knowing that the Lakers would match it, but just... We're going to make you pay 25 or whatever it is in those out years. They thought about it. That's when we're going to be competing with you. And, and we just want to make your life as hard as possible.
0: So, so the Lakers upgraded their depth, I thought, and, Jackson Hayes will see. I mean, he can catch some lobs from LeBron. Maybe he blossoms there. He he's shown glimpses they, as like a yeah. sw- as a switch guy, as a switch guy defensively, and like they don't really have another backup center. That, they that, played Hachimura and Braun there in the playoffs,
1: too. The backup five when you're counting on Anthony Davis's health is like the one thing with the Lakers where you're like, Yeah, I don't know about this. But I
0: they're a team where I think part of their offseason success is they do get to carry over the identity that they landed on last season and were so successful with, and they didn't have it for that long of a time considering they remade their team 50 games in or whatever it was when the rust trade happened. They, they discovered that Reeves could do this other stuff. Then LeBron got healthy. Like I think they will benefit a lot from, we just have a cohesive identity that works. Um, give me another team you wanted to talk
1: about. Why, why am am I scratching my head so much? You want me to pick someone? Um, Indiana, Indiana. say
0: it, say it, I, Indiana.
1: Okay, first of all, they are not going to be 29th on your league pass rankings this year, right? Were they
0: Were they 30th last year? Maybe they were they 30th, were I thought they were 29th. No, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem plausible that Ty, Tyrese Halliburton by himself automatically gets you. Yeah. Look, I am at the mercy of the algorithm. Whatever the <laughs> algorithm tells me, that's what it is. So, all right, Pacers, by the way, before you go, I had Pacers clear winner of uh, a winner of the offseason, but you go make the case.
1: I thought they made the best use of their cap space of any of the cap space teams uh, by they got a good player who is also a large trade exception. So like they were able to roll over their money without like having to sign a crappy player in order to do it because they have Bruce Brown on this deal where he's make 22 and he's on a team option. So they could go a lot of different directions with that including declining the option and resigning him as a nine-bird free agent to a more reasonable deal next year. Uh, th- there's a lot of different directions they can go there. I thought they had this glaring hole at the four. I thought they were going to like chase after P.J. Washington or somebody like that. They ended up drafting
0: – The Pacers sent the signals of – Remember, they were the Herb Simon doesn't let us do offer sheets team – and he made an exception for Aiton and it got matched and it was a little bit of a mess. They sent, yeah. or I heard, or they sent around the league, like, we're not doing offer sheets.
1: Yeah, yeah. They still have the stretch money of Malik Fitz, Jawan Morgan, and Nick Stauskas on their books from that. Fun times. Um,
0: Sauce Castillo. <laughs> uh,
1: so getting getting Obi Toppin on reasonable money, I, I thought was good. You know, he's really good in in open court. I'd like to actually see him as a small ball five in the second unit at times. Which I think is more plausible on this team. Uh, they're still like a little small all over. Um, Traded trade Duarte because they just had too many shooting guards, which is which is fine. They you know they, they still might Shepard, have too many guards, by the and way. I healed Matherin Shepherd. I mean, Bruce Brown is six four, six five, whatever he is. Um, but I I just thought they made really good use of their cap space in a, in a in a way that will help, A, help them this year, B, doesn't hurt them in any of the out years, and, and C, like they just still have a lot of flexibility. I
0: love, I think the Pacers are not far from being competitive. And by competitive, I don't mean like, oh my God, they're going to be in the second round, but like a decent team. So yeah. their starting five, if I had to guess, is going to be Halliburton, who's awesome, and they gave him all the money and he deserved it. Yep. Yeah. Matherin, I'm guess we'll get. We'll, I, I'm gonna guess we'll walk into the starting five next season. We'll see. There's a lot of competition. Bruce Brown because you don't pay Bruce Brown twenty whatever million dollars to not start. Toppin, Turner. That's a that's a fun lineup. Now Toppin's got to make shots, but there's a lot of playmaking and like IQ and motion with a shooting five and an elite elite distributor point guard who can shoot threes really really well. That's yeah. a fun lineup. Yep. I still got Buddy healed off the bench. Jairus Walker probably walks in off the bench. I got a bunch of point guards, TJ McConnell, Nebhart. I got a fun backup center battle between Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson. And we haven't even gotten to, like, Nawara. I think we'll get some minutes at the three and the four. Shepard, you mentioned. Like, they just have a ne- – Smith might have Andrew- to fight for minutes after starting last year. And Andrew Nebhart, yeah. They are – the high end, high end, high end talent isn't there yet around Halliburton and to a lesser degree Turner. It, I think they're going to be super fun to watch next year and could definitely be like in the play in tournament. Yeah, totally, sure. totally, totally agree. All right, can I pick a team now? Yeah, sure. Can we 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 need to talk about the Raptors. I think yes, um, <laughs> and by extension the Rockets who. Swiped Fred Van Vliet from the Raptors by going to three years, 130 million.
1: Third year team um, option, though.
0: Third year team option is interesting. Um Raptors didn't really come all that close on the dollars. Michael Grange has a has a piece on it today. Um and, you know, they drafted Grady Dick. They re-signed Jakob Pertle four years eighty. Trent opts in. We'll see what happens with Trent. Uh and still here, Siakam's still here, Barnes still here. And they're kind of straddling different paths and different eras of the franchise, which which is fine because none of their core players are like old, like Pascal Siakam's 28 or 29, I think. Um but they're but but the the sort of just just the dissonance of Van Vliet out, Perdle in is is a strange double. Um, when, it's you've a strange traded, kind
1: of... when you've already traded next year's draft pick and it's only top six protected. So you're, you're kind of, you're kind of trying to win next year, but I wonder how much Trent opting in wrong footed then, because at that point, then when you, then when you max Van Vliet, now you're 20, 30 million into the tax, uh, you're, you're a very expensive average team. And, and I just wonder if that was something they just found unpalatable, obviously they're going to take a step. You replace Van Vliet with Dennis Schroeder. You're going to take a step back.
0: Yeah, they just. I mean, Grady Dick can shoot. He's a rookie. We'll see how well he plays in the NBA in his first year. Ananobi is is a good standstill shooter. Obviously, can do a lot of stuff. I'm just talking about shooting. Like they need shooting, <laughs> and Trent can shoot. So they. But like the Barnes, Siakam, Pirtle. Um, Schroeder foursome is is not a great shooting foursome, and uh, Ananobi wants to do other things other than and can do other things other than spot up. It just feels like a strange. They were already strange, and now they feel stranger and weirder. And I won't. I wouldn't say ill fitting, but I just think that Siakam, Ananobi, Barnes trio. It's just they all want to do the same stuff. Yeah, and they're obviously going to shift a lot of the ball handling to Scotty Barnes, which is a big ask. I Grange wrote this today that, you know, there's another shoe to drop here at some point and keep your eye on Siakam. I said that last week and I agreed there. There's a lot of Pascal Siakam scuttlebutt going on right now. I checked around on it over the weekend. I'm not sure there's anything like imminent, but I don't think that scuttlebutt is going to go away in relation to the Hawks and some other teams like, and he's expiring in, is he going to extend with the team that trades for him? Um, are the Raptors going to extend him? I don't think he'll like gamble on making all NBA again to try to get Supermax eligible. It's just, a, it feels precarious to me. It feels precarious.
1: I would agree with that. And in retrospect, I mean, obviously they should have traded family at the deadline,
0: but I don't know what they had on the table though. I just think it was a bunch of, yeah. Really? What I I mean, the Clippers were interested. I just don't know. Like, what did the Clippers have? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure that I'm sure. What, did you hear that they had real stuff?
1: No, I I just don't. I just don't think he was ever on the market enough for them to really know what they had.
0: Uh, we should flip it around and talk about the Rockets, who I, I don't think have really been analyzed as a basketball team enough because everyone just has sticker shock from, like, Dylan Brooks got what? Yeah. Jock Landau got what? Oh, only the first year is guaranteed. Fine. Fred Van Vliet got what? And you look at their team, pure just guess. I think their starting five is probably Van Vliet, but it, probably no. Just this is what I would guess at their starting five. Van Vliet, green. I got to keep starting Jalen Green. I just I yeah. just have – I'm high enough on him that – no question. Brooks, because I paid him a million gazillion yeah. dollars. Jabari Smith Jr., I'm giving yeah. you a shot to start at four. And Shen Goon, yeah. who I'm almost kind of relieved that they didn't get Brook Lopez because I just – I want to see what they have in Shen because I think he's a le- he could be a legit – this might sound crazy. I think as an offensive player, he could be a legit all-star talent. Yeah. Defensively, I just need to see how if they can mitigate the negatives a, a little bit. Then off the bench, that leaves me with Kevin Porter Jr. I'm sorry, but I, I just don't know what else to do. The mm-hmm. the writing may be on the wall in that yeah. regard. Amin Thompson, Tari Eason, who I love. Maybe Jay Sean Tate plays some. And Landale. Like if you look at Green Smith, Shengun, Eason thompson they are just loaded i've been higher on their young talent for the last two years than almost anybody because they have been so disorganized and unwatchable and just pure like unadulterated chaos yeah and young teams suck on defense that's just what they do you line up those names those are good names like i don't know what this team is going to be next year and if i were the thunder and i were in possession of their top 4 protected pick i would feel like my chances are pretty good at getting like the 7th pick in the draft or the 10th pick in the draft cuz i don't think the rockets are going to make the playoffs but i find that roster kind of exciting i don't i would be interested to see when all things are all settled down like where they project in the west because it's just are they better than denver lakers phoenix kings warriors wolves mavs grizzlies thunder clippers pelicans Je- it's like it's hard man
1: yeah now, they still have another $12.5 million in cap room, so they can still bring in another player. Um, yeah,
0: I've so lost we, track of their cap situation. You have outlined it yeah, because there's there's so many things going on that I don't understand anymore. But
1: what they're doing is basically they're aggregating players under the cap and then turning them into a sign-and-trade for Dylan Brooks. And so it's basically like by doing that, they found another $7.5 under the table. Um I don't know why they gave eight million of it to Jock Landale in particular. Um, they also brought in uh, Jeff Green, by the way.
0: Yeah, he's he, he'll he'll be there as either a bench guy or a veteran or both. I mean, yeah. a veteran, obviously, but like I think yeah. clearly he can still play. He was two, just in the rotation for a champion.
1: Exactly. Two errors of grit and grind in Houston now with Jeff Green and Dylan Brooks. Um, I I actually like going backs on Van Vliet for two years is. I think that's a better use of cap space than like taking in a a bad contract for a second round pick. Right. So I, I, I don't really have a problem with that Brooks. It's a lot of money. Um, There is some incentives in there and I, I don't think it's like that far out from his, from his value. I didn't love them going after Brooke Lopez. Actually, I thought that was too much like win now versus like, you're still trying to build something for, for, for the out years more. But i I think they're I think they're in decent shape. It's a bad look when you have to throw two recent first round picks overboard and pay two seconds and cash to do it just to get five million in cap room. So, you're
0: you're referencing Usman Garuba and Tai Tai Washington, yes. who were dumped to I believe the Hawks. Although, yes. again, I've lost track of where everyone in the Rockets' nexus of transactions is going and why and how.
1: Yeah, and then Josh Christopher, they also sent out, and they're not getting anything back, I don't think, and. I, I don't know if he's going to end up in Memphis or if he's going to end up somewhere else.
0: He's the 16th guy right now in Memphis, I exactly. believe. So I w- exactly. So I would bet on somewhere else for him. I don't I don't know what in the hell they're going to be. I would feel pretty good if I were the Thunder that I have a strong draft asset because clearly that's sort of the blessing and curse of these picks, right? Like you trade this protected pick and then you feel this artificial pressure to get good so that you don't cough up a great pick. So... At some point, you had to get talent. I don't. I don't mind the acquisitions at all. I just don't know how good they're actually going to be in the West. But I love their. I like their young. Ta- I don't love. I like their young talent a lot, despite my qualms about Kevin Porter Jr. You mentioned the better use of cap space than second-round picks to to take on bad contracts. I don't want to talk much about them because I don't really mind what they did. Like I'm not up in arms about it because they were just. They're just so far away from anything. I don't know that they had any great free agency targets to go get. But Detroit is kind of on the clock now as like um, you have four centers. You can call Marvin Bagley and Isaiah Stewart what you want. They're basically centers. Um, You have two really good ball handling guards in Cade Cunningham and uh, uh, Ivy. You just drafted the other Thompson twin. That's interesting. You don't really have a lot of wings, like playable good wings, maybe any traditional wings. Um, you got Bogdanovich on this declining and then non-guaranteed, uh, partially guaranteed rather deal in the next year. I, I'm just, all I'm saying is everyone was disappointed. They didn't go get Cam Johnson. I think they knew Brooklyn was going to match anything reasonable on Cam Johnson. And so they said, okay, let's just get a second round, a couple seconds for our troubles with Joe Harris. I'm just saying, I want to see what's next. I just want to see where they go and what this team looks like and what Cade looks like after missing essentially all of last season.
1: Yeah, because I think this is the last year they can be bad reasonably. If, if you look at the timeline of like impatience and front office tenures and things like that, I think this this is the last year they can get away with being bad.
0: Did you like what the Cavs did with Struess uh, Struce on 464, Niang, and Karis Levert coming back on two for 32, I think?
1: Yeah, I thought that was really good. They timed Levert's deal with Mitchell's. Um uh niang you know maybe a slight overpay but it fits such a need for them they got so exposed in the playoffs uh and then Struz obviously turning chetty osman into streus i think it only cost him one second round pick to do it took advantage of the hundreds of the uh of the widened matching bands uh on salary in the new cba and then they they stayed below the tax on that so they basically used their float between the the cap and the tax to turn Osman into Max Strus. I thought that was really good.
0: I loved their off season. Um They did not find the prototypical three and D wing. Like Max Strus is a really good six, five shooter who knows yeah. how to defend with his feet and is okay. Like, I don't feel good. Everyone's like, well, they didn't get the guy to guard Jason Tatum and, Kevin Durant and Jalen Brown and you know whoever you want yeah. to pick among the Eastern Conference elite teams. Okay, well, like that, those guys are not easy to find. I do wonder, I just want to put this bug in everyone's ear. I, I do wonder how much, at least when they have the two big men on the floor together, how much the answer to that question of who guards Tatum, who guards Durant, who guards Brown, who guards blah, blah, blah ends up being Evan Mobley with Struess or whoever kind of hiding on the other non-threatening power forward. Yeah. Now, it doesn't work if Jared Allen's not on the floor because you need a rim protector back there. But I think if I were the Cavs coaching staff, that's a role I would gradually st- start nudging Mobley into a little bit and not just like on switches as as like a pr- – like let's see how you look as the primary yep. guy. Can I give you one other team I'm just interested about in hearing your sure. take on? Okay. They haven't really done anything other than make their draft picks and – um absorb dead money uh, to make their draft pick Uh, I'm really interested in where the thunder net out next season in the Western conference, because everyone knows they have a ton of young talent. They're getting Holmgren back. All that young talent will grow together. The West is just stacked, man. I, but I love their team. I just didn't really do anything. So I don't have any thought. I just want your thoughts on the thunder before we go.
1: Yeah. I mean, they took on a lot of money to move up two spots in the draft, right? Which is interesting because I thought if they were going to do something like that, they would do it with their picks. But instead, they did it with their cap room, which was a signal, I guess, that they really they were full and they they didn't really have any plans for that cap room, which is interesting on its own. There, I mean, they're in that situation in Memphis. Well, they brought
0: Micić over, right? They brought Micić.
1: Yes, that's true. That's true. Um, and. They're in the situation that Boston was in a few years ago, that Memphis is in right now too, where they have so many young guys on the roster that it's actually creating a crowd and creates a little bit of a problem because they don't know which guys to bet on yet in a lot of cases. And so it's hard for them to add more players to the roster right now. And they're they're inevitably going to have to thin the herd out at some point. And I think just having one more year of really seeing what they have with some of these secondary guys and, you know, is, is Poku really a guy for them? You know, what is, what is Trey, man? What is Usman Deng? You know, what, what are these other secondary guys? I think they know it's going to be Shea, Chet, Jalen Williams, right? But I I don't think they know yet who's, who are going to be the guys around them.
0: Well, the giddy one is really interesting to me because I, I, he's really, really good, but Mitrych is another ball handler point guard type. And so we'll see how all of that, Fits together, John Hollinger. What can we look for at the Athletic this week? What do you got?
1: Well, I I wrote about my winners already. I'm actually going to be uh, writing about my losers coming up, so that'll be fun. And uh, then we'll we'll see what else the league gives us. You know, on these on these uh, trades, if any of them happen, or or, or I'll, I'll just be doing in depth summer league analysis.
0: I have a feeling that I'm going to be at a dinner in summer league maybe on beer too
1: <laughs> and that's when the alert comes on the phone and the alert comes- oh no every time
0: oh no john hollinger uh, the best in the business thank you for your time sir
1: thanks for having me on the show
0: this is the story of the Wad. as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently